0: I want to an, a, extend a Christian greeting and a welcome to each of you here. It's been good to be here today thus far. And um, just, uh, I don't know, it seems like always the message in Sunday school somewhat usually goes together, or maybe it's just because I'm thinking about what I have to say next or what I'm going to say next, and it, and it helps. Um, it seems like it's all connected, because it is. God's Word is, is all connected together. It doesn't matter. Um, what part of the service we should be at. But I guess this morning, uh, just to get an idea of where my thoughts have come from, I've been really convicted, but also blessed, and it seems like in the series of messages that Dwight has preached lately about the kingdom of God and the the kingdom of this world. And I've had to look at my own life and really wonder, you know, what kingdom am I truly part of? Um, Am I trying to keep one foot in either one? But that doesn't, that doesn't work. Um, Everything I've heard was true that he said and yet I look around and I see my friends and, and even family not maybe following that way or falling away from that concept and I wonder why. What used to be truth no longer is important. So this morning I got a question, and it would be the title of my message. I ask myself and you all, what motivates you to be a follower of Jesus? And I think there is got to be something, and I, I want to do just a little experiment here this morning. I don't know if it'll work or not, but we're going to try it. If you are in the Sunday school downstairs um, that you say memory verses, I would like to ask or wherever you're at, not downstairs, upstairs, I'm sorry, you're upstairs, I'm used to being in the cellar, but if you're upstairs, downstairs, wherever you're at, you have a memory verse in your class, I would like to ask somebody to come up here and and say it. Would anybody be willing to do that? Would anybody be willing to come up and do it now? Anybody want to earn a quick five bucks? I was born in the '70s. It might take 20. I'm not sure. Nobody has the guts. That doesn't motivate you. Give one more chance. Anybody want to try it? Carson, I think you're close. One five dollars. Oh, here we go. Uh, but he's also made a guide and pleased from these things to follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. First, Timothy six eleven. Very good. You learned it. Why did nobody volunteer right away, or let alone volunteer soon after? Is our Christian life just a little bit like that? Does it take something to motivate us to do good? I mean, saying your memory verse is good, but it doesn't get you any closer to heaven if you were wondering. But it's still a good thing to do. Don't ever stop. I'd like to start out by just kind of painting a a picture, a scenario, or how I think how our life starts and how, how we evolve I don't like that word, it sounds like I'm teaching evolution. But we evolve into Christian living. I'm going to start, when we were young, not that I'm necessarily old yet, but when we were young, um, why did we obey our parents? Well, I'm going to speak for myself maybe, maybe some of it from you. We We learned that life comes with consequences. Uh, You need to do this or else. And uh, most of the time I did not like the or else. So I did what was asking me. I mean, it was a common sense type of thing. You do this or else. Okay, sure, no problem. But by the time I was about, I don't know, 12, 13, my dad was never a big guy. If nobody ever, if anybody remembered what he looked like, he was kind of a small guy. But I'll bet by 12 or 13, he could, I could have, He could have said whatever he wanted to and I would have said, no way. There's no way he could have physically made me do it. But there was still something inside me that I did it. Why? Well, number one, I personally don't like conflict. I needed a place to live. I needed food because I really like to eat. I guess that was a good enough reason. But I also knew what He wanted for me was for my own good. And a certain time along the road from the or else, to that point, I learned that He has my best interests in mind. Um, He loved me so much that He wanted me to do what was best for me, even When in my choices, even today, in my choices, I make, I sometimes think of what would my dad say? Um, But anyways, that's just a reflection of just a little bit of how we start life, maybe. But what motivates us to live our life the way God wants us to? I'd like to start by reading a few few scriptures. I'm sorry I got a verses here and there today, but hopefully you can follow along. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read just a little bit of a little couple verses there. And I want to paint a picture of maybe what could motivate us to serve God and not the world around us. 2 Corinthians 5, I'm just going to start at verse 10, 11. I'm going to read the first section of 11. And it says in verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I'm going to stop right there. I think we're looking at the or else situation, maybe, in our life. God has said, you know, every one of us have sinned. All of us have come short in the glory of God. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of the sin is death. That death is an eternal death, separated from God. The Bible refers to hell and to an unquenchable fire, which means there is no way to put it out. We've had forest fires, we've had fires around, but all those fires have been able to be put out. Hell is a fire that burns forever. It says that it's darkness there. How many have ever been around a fire and not saw light? I'm going off of what science has told me now, but they claim, you know, you've got your orange flame, you've got your yellow flame, you've got your blue flame. The hottest flame known to man burns black. That must be hot. But anyways, wow, did that motivate you? Do we need fire insurance? Is that what this is all about? I remember, yes, in, in church being, I don't know if that preacher would just sit down and be quiet. I'm scared. I don't need to hear this anymore. I did not like it. It was very uncomfortable. I believe that's the stage in our life when God is saying, this is what I ask, or else. We read the Old Testament to get a picture of who God really is and what he really cares about. We get a lot of commandments from the Old Testament. But is that really what should motivate us to be a Christian and a follower of Christ? I think we're going to move on from that section now. The New Testament, John 3, 16, everybody knows that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We talked about hell being eternal death. Jesus, through his death, has created an eternal life. Jesus was sent to die in my place. I need to look at life differently now. I'd like to have you turn to 2 Corinthians 5. We were there. Just jump down a little ways. Start at verse 14. I'm going to go to the end of the chapter, I believe it is. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ constrains us, because... We thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth now, we know man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, He is a new creation, new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who are reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation." Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. God has taken away that fear of hell and replaced it with a love We should now have a gratitude for what God has done for us, God's love for us. Is that what makes you want to give your life to him? The Bible talks about growing in Christ. And I believe there are times where we are still that child afraid of the or else. But I believe we need to move on to this step right here, where we understand what God did for us, God's love for us. And I believe in reality that should what should motivate us. To want to give our life to Him in return. When somebody does something for you, if you're a, I don't know, maybe it's men too, but if you're a woman and you give a gift to somebody else, it's like you've got to get back somehow. You know, if somebody sends you a pan of something you got to fill it with something and send it back you can't do that with god did you know that give it up all our works are as filthy rags you cannot work yourself into heaven i know we try sometimes and i'm not here to say that works are not good and works do follow after you truly love god you want to serve him That's where your works come in. By grace are you saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. Somebody can make a better pie than I can, so they're better. No, there is none of that. There is nothing to boast about in Christ. We all, the foot of the cross is level. It's not about your good works. If it was about your good works, Jesus would have never had to die. You would work yourself into heaven with good works. And again, I want to stress again, I'm not saying that works are not needed because they are. But it doesn't come from trying to outdo somebody or something or trying to make God love you more because that's impossible. God can love you no more than he already does. He already sent his son to die for you. The work has all been done. Now it's your choice. What do you want to do with it? Do you want to try to work yourself into heaven or do you want to accept that free gift and give him your life? Do you want to live for this world or do you want to live for him? We've had a lot of people lay down their lives for this country. But does that make me want to follow America or this country? No. I enjoy the the freedoms that have come but it does not Do nothing for my eternal destiny. Jesus laid down his life for you and me. The Bible says we have to take up our cross and follow him. This might be a short message this morning. I'd like to... to, uh, There's a quote come across by Charles Spurgeon, and he said, There are no crown wearers in heaven that were not cross bearers here below there are no crown wearers in heaven who were not cross bearers here below I believe that is so true every day we have to take up our cross and follow him we have to struggle in this world we have to struggle against this world the kingdom of this world and again I say I enjoyed the the messages immensely but in my mind I was thinking what makes a person wanna follow the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of the world. I guess, kind of to wrap it up this morning, I hope you've been motivated because of God's love, not because of the or else. Although they both work together, as we grow, we learn how much God loves us. I'd like to close with Second Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read the first eight verses. And I know this was Timothy talking, but I'd like to say it to all of us today. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 1 to 8. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebroke, re. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departing is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. May you be motivated to do the work of the Lord. And live in his kingdom. God bless you. Thank you.